this morning we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about hope. In all this situation, is there any hope? You know, hope is something that we desire every day. There's nobody in here that no hope. Some of our hope are things of the world. I hope I get that money. I hope I buy that car. I hope, I hope, I hope. It's a daily thing. But where's the hope? In the face of challenges, where's the hope? You go to the doctor, like I did the last year, and they start talking to you about cancer. Where do you find hope? Believes knocking on the door. And they threat they send all this big guy to threaten you, bully you. Where's the hope? Where's the hope? Situation coming in our life, challenges coming in our life. Where will you find the hope? Even though we're serving God. And that's why we're looking today. Jesus, what he did. And I can assure you this morning. If you don't know, the first time you will know. Because he leave, we find hope. In him that laid down his life for us and risen, there's hope. I don't know my brother, my sister this morning. I don't know what challenges you're facing. You see, it does not matter we're born again. It does not matter you know Christ. We're still facing challenge every day. Pope have his own challenge. Archbishop have his own challenge. Because we live in, in a world that's contaminated. We live in a world that's wicked and evil. So it has been a challenge daily. But this morning, I just want to share with us. Because what Jesus did on the cross, he gave us hope. I don't think you hear me. I said, because what Jesus did for you, because he died and risen, he has given us hope. Yeah. Let's look in the book of Peter. The book of Peter... First Peter chapter 1, reading from verse 6. Now, this is the first letter Peter wrote. And if you look at this, this is after the death of Christ. Even Jesus died, restored, but these people are still facing a lot of challenges. There's so much problem they're facing. And the same problem they're facing in those days, we're facing today. But Peter wrote this letter to them. In this mm -hmm. you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love sorry though now you sorry though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressibly sorry inexpressible and full of glory receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls amen now this is a letter paul a uh, peter wrote and these are to the to the to the to the Jew, the, the, the Christian, the born again one. He said, In all this 
you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer griefs in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proving genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold. These are the people that are suffering. There's, there's a lot of suffering they encounter. There's a lot of trials. But he was talking one thing in here. He's talking about the hope that they have even in face of the trials. Persecution. If you read all this chapter 1 all the way down, even chapter 2, he talked a lot about what the Christians are facing. Even though Jesus has died, he came and paid the price for us. But the key thing is these people are holding none in that hope that is in him through their faith. It's only through our faith that we can hold on to hope. It's only through our trust that we can open up to hope. And you know what? Through this research, I discover in the word of God, he's full of hopes in every area of our lives. Because you're born again doesn't mean you don't face challenges. Actually, we face challenges more. Devil don't want us to rest. We get persecuted. You have to fight. A big fight for your belief. And that's the world that we live in. We're talking about the things of the flesh today. And that's what devil wants us to do. But why do we find hope? In the face of persecution, why do you find hope? A lot of people lost hope. And that's what devil wants. But this morning, I'm going to go into the word of God that covers every area of our life. That no matter what you're facing, either sickness, challenges, trials, there is hope. Either against your children, against your marriage, against work, whatever, there is hope. I can tell you one thing. If Jesus wasn't risen, then we could have lost hope. For the Father, he died and rise again. You know the last word he said? It is, it is finished. But the thing I want to encourage us today, for you to stay true, you need that faith to keep hoping up. Keep hoping every day. True faith in the word of God that you know God will not lie. He said number. He said it's not a man that will lie, not a son of man that will change his mind. Once we keep believing in God and believing in his word, he does not matter. He does not matter. There's certain situation you go through today. It might take a year going through, but still through it, there's hope. It's a county joy when you encounter trials. You know, this theology class, please, if you've been missing it, don't miss it. I will tell you, don't miss it. It has been a blessing to me. He, he, he answered a lot of questions that we're all dealing with. And through that teaching, you will find hope. You know, this theology is not the same theology that in school. That man said, there's thing in this theology that they won't teach you in the school, but we teach you here. Last, this Friday gone, the man was saying, there's certain things we go through. And he might take us home because that's the will of God. The man said, look at me. Somebody was asking him, if somebody prayed that let her be healing and the person doesn't heal, does that mean God don't want to heal? And Altis said, it's not everybody God healed. He said, look at me, I'm standing here. There's something I've been battling for years and I've prayed. And I have great men of God who pray, but it didn't go away. But there's still hope. 
And this one thing I want to encourage us. This is something God laid to my heart to share. For the Father, he crucified his own son, is to give us hope. Because through him we receive all. One of the things I would call this redemptive hope, and this is Psalm 130, verse 7. If you just write them down, this is a redemptive hope. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. So, through these, we believe that if you put our mind, if you put our heart in the Lord, his love never fails. If you're a believer, you can rest assured that God's love is unfailing. He will deliver you in the days of calamity. He has rescued the born-again believer from certain judgment and promises. There's so many things even he has delivered you that you do not know. God is a loving God. If he kill his son for you, what else can I not give you? Second one, I call it gift of hope. And this is in Psalm 119 verse 49. For you are giving me hope. We know that there is always hope when we trust in God. For he has given us his Holy Spirit to seal us as we read. For example, in Ephesians 1.13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal. The promise of Holy Spirit. That's a gift of God to give us hope. The second one, the third one, I call it future hope. All of us dream what is tomorrow is going to bring. We worry about tomorrow. <laughs> but God said, you don't worry about tomorrow. He has a plan for tomorrow. You know, so many of us did not receive the things of tomorrow because we are worrying about today and we miss the gift of today because we worry about tomorrow. He said this in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plan I have for you, declared the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to give you hope and a future. Your future is sealed in his hand. You say, I've planned it. And the part of the plan can be struggle of life. Part of the plan can be challenges. Don't think because God are born again and there's no challenges. No. You know, sometimes God uses so many ways to pull us to him. That's why it's a canty joy when you encounter trials. But he said, I've given you a future hope. Do not worry about tomorrow. God has planned for you. You can bank on that. His plan are not intended to harm you, but to prosper you. Now, this does not mean that he planned to make you <laughs> super rich. Because you know that can drive you away from him. So, try to understand that. Because I know you say he make you to prosper. Yeah. God, you know, sometimes it's not about you having trillion or billion. Because money has a power. He said, I'll give you your need, not your want. Because our need is what makes us sober. Our need is what makes us depend on God. Our want will drive us away. When you have what you want, you might decide you don't need God anymore. When you pray, pray for need, not wants. God said that he has a plan for you. He knows them even as if we do not. Your stockbroker or your financial advisor might have plans for you too, but they do not know the future. They might try to plan for a secure future, but they do not have the ability to bring it about. God knows your future and is planning it better than anyone else. Amen? I call this one unending hope. Psalm 131 verse 3. Put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. 
Hope is for now. It is for today. And it is for tomorrow too. Jesus clearly tell Christian that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We never, ever cast us away. John 3, 6, 37 says, this promise is for, you, is for tomorrow morning, next week, next year. This hope is for believers. Hope that covers their entire life. It is with our hand and will stay with us until Jesus come home. It's everlasting hope. Let me tell you one thing. Whatever we go through, we have hope. Even if this, I went to last year, you know, sometimes I know the best thing you can preach is your life. I've encountered a situation last year that never, and I'm able, it promotes my hope in God. I, I, I said, God, I'm not going to talk to people about this. I just want to see what is my hope in you. I want to know how far I can go, how far this my hope can bring. And I'll tell you one thing. He did something for me. He let me know God, God is so loving that his word can never fail, no matter what. When we keep putting our hope in him, my brother, my sister, I realize one thing. I started to want to worry. I started to want to fear. And I realized, and Holy Spirit said to me, is that going to heal you? Is that going to bring the money? Is that going to pay your debt? Is that going to bring the husband? Is that going to resolve the problem at home? Is that going to make you a better person? But one thing that I do is that I give all my hope to him. Who knows all things? Who have the final say? Once you know God have the final say, then do not worry. All you need to do, just cast all those burdens into him. He said, cast the burden unto me because I care. And if God don't care, he wouldn't kill his son. The world struggled to understand him. as they say, how can God, who said that shall not kill, kill his own son? I heard a Muslim man saying that on the TV. But I said to myself, I said, because God, he did not know you. He did not know how much love you love us, that you're ready to die for us. So if he kill his own son, who know no sin for you and I? And raise him up for you and I. So what is the challenge of life that he cannot save us? Some of us, we hold on so much to the struggle of life. And he keeps saying, leave it to me. But because of your free will, God cannot take care of you. I was sharing with Jesse on Friday. There's a question, which is a very interesting question that Artie brings up. And he was talking, can God override our will? Actually, yes. Here's the condition that I found out. If that condition is God's will, it will override your will. And I give two examples. Paul. You remember when Jesus encountered Paul on the way, he said, you will suffer for my will. So that means before the foundation of the world, it is the will of God that Paul will be chosen, even is a prosecutor of the Christ, even is a killer, but it is the will of God that we use him for us as a Gentile. So, will, Paul's will was override by God because on his, his unwillingness is the will of God. Second person, Jonah. It's the will of God that God to save the living people. That is the will. But that's not the will of Jonah. Jonah said, I know God will save them. Jonah don't want, but it is the will of God that these people will save. And it has been chosen before the foundation that Jonah will be. 
So that's why when you run up and down, the will of God still needs to be done. There are certain things we go through. Maybe ask God, is it is your will in my life? Whatever it is, the will of God that fighting your life can only bring glory and honor to God. Whatever it is that you overrule in your life, I can tell you, you'll be a blessing to you.